How's about we write some more stories? How's about we tell some more tales? Gather round the fire, maybe read for just a while, and we'll listen to the stories unveiled. Oh, we'll see if we succeeded writing stories no one needed from suggestions that you shared. Hello, and welcome back to the campfire. My name is Colby McHugh, and this is the S'more Stories podcast, where we are on the probably never-ending journey together to figure out how to tell a good story. And I think that it's safe to say that by the end of this particular fireside chat, we will have unlocked that secret. Whoa! Pretty easily. (laughs) Take it easy. I say that with confidence. Uh, And then not to put any pressure on our guest or anything um, who comes with a wealth of experience as a writer, a director, podcaster, killer karaoke singer, Mm. and honorary cellar dweller. (laughs) More than all that, though, our guest is a friend of mine. Yeah. The ultimate resume builder that anybody could have. (laughs) So please, welcome to the S'more Stories Campfire, Aaron Tuning. Yeah, thank you. It's Hello. just you and me clapping for me. No, dude, it's a whole live audience. Wait, 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 hold on. Oh! Secret live audience. Wait, that's one of four. What do the other ones do? Uh, when does that happen? Right now. Okay, cool. <laughs> Solid. Good. That, that happens after you say anything. That, well, it's good to know that that is there, so it is not going to surprise me later. Uh, you're lucky that this is a fireside chat and no stories are being written. That's what I would use. That would hurt. Yeah. Just kidding. You're a great writer. We're, we're being mean already. Meh. What's the fourth? Hit it. Oh, that's just in case you start making out. Cool. When we start making out. Yeah, yeah. Sweet. Great. Uh, and these are actually, I've, I've in the past, like, programmed these to add other things. Yeah. Can uh, you hit them all four at the same time? Let's find out. I love doing this live. <laughs> Whoa. No, it's just one at a time. All right. Now we know. <laughs> Now we know. Yeah, it, was, it ended on that because we were bummed. That was, you know, it was perfect. It worked out nicely yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Anyways, hello. Hey, thanks for having me. Good to be here. I'm glad you're here. I'm, this is fun. I'm so glad to be here. I petted oh. your cat. You you did welcome Gus. Gus. Uh, Cosmo is uh, hidden. He'll come out maybe eventually. I'm a big scary guy. Harry, 6'3". <laughs> I get it. I'm like Harry. I'm not that tall, but I'm like... No, I'm he li- not, I'm he not. lives with you. I'm a new, new scary guy. This is true. But you are a cat guy now. We have, we've discussed this pre-recording. You are shifting into a cat person. Getting which, into cats, yeah. That was, that was similar to my experience as well. Yeah, girlfriend, uh, you know, I kind of inherited a cat, a one-year-old cat. Oh. So that's going to be a long-term cat for me. We do need to say the, the name of your, this cat on, on air. It is Darla Beth <laughs> is the cat name. And you, you, it's a double name. You better say it. Yeah, not Darla. No. Or Beth. Darla Beth. Correct. And we're in Georgia and recording this, and so uh, that is not actually that unusual of a name. Yeah, I feel like I've had a Cracker Barrel waitress named Darla Beth. <laughs> I have an Aunt Darla, and I think her middle name might be Beth. Probably. It sounds good together. <laughs> I'm just going to assume it does. It's a great cat name. But, listener, you're not here for cat talk. No. Unless we want to write a story about a cat, I would. I definitely would. Now I kind of want to. But I think the immediate... Uh, talking point is that I want to make a petition with you here to rename this the name of this podcast to the Two Kings cast. The Two Kings cast. Why do you think I want to name it that? Um, Because we're two couple badass boys. 
I mean, yes, that is a given. It sounds like a bro podcast for sure. This is going to make it even more uh, bro-y and worse. We did go to high school together. Yeah. And we both won Homecoming King. Oh, <laughs> that's true. Dang. Hate to embarrass you on air like that. Embarrass me? No, you're right. It was my peak. Dang, you told everyone I was so cool. That's so embarrassing for me. We, I still have my sword that they, that they gave yeah. me. Do you? Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Dude, every, everybody that comes to my place, I have three swords. I have two. Damn it. I got to get my... Okay, so I have I the two third. you have, right? <laughs> yes, like, true. Like guys group leader mm-hmm. and then homecoming king. And yes. then one was a prop for a shoot. So that it was leftover. You were just like, I'm going to keep this sword. I didn't buy any of them. Yeah. That's what I say as soon as someone mentions it. Like you have a sword. I didn't buy them immediately. But you're prominently displaying them on the wall, right? Yeah. And it's the only... So I don't. that's, that's what I, If someone tries to break in, that is my weapon. <laughs> I will have a full sword... And I feel like if they break down, they're not going to be scared of the sword. It's heavy, but they will know I'm unhinged. Yes. And probably have some terrifying other weapons if I have a sword. Then they're going to notice the Bible verse on your big claymore and be like, what? They're going to be so confused. Hey, yeah, there's been a lot of violence committed in the name of that book. (laughs) That is very, very true. We should say, so I mentioned we we went to high school together. We did go to a very Christian school together as well. I went the last three years. That's true. I went to public through ninth, so I feel like I'm... Fairly well balanced. Yeah, you're you're normal. Yeah. Did it, did you go the whole time? Uh, since first grade. So yes, basically. All right, you're pretty normal too. I come off as normal on the inside. I'm I'm weird, man. Yeah. So therapy's for that. That's great. Yeah, yeah. But I remember you were you were a couple years older than me, and you were like the cool older guy who at the time was like making videos and like doing song parodies and all these like things that in like 2007 were not really a thing <laughs> at the time. Like it was like right when YouTube was starting to become YouTube really. And so it's been, I think I've had a pretty unique perspective on on like your career and your rise through the the culture, mm. starting with Homecoming King, obviously, the the first peak of that. Um, but I think it's been cool. And so I, I'm, I'm curious, obviously I want to talk about St. Andre, your, your very cool brand, your golf. Uh, what, what do you call St. Andre? I say golf sketch comedy. Golf sketch comedy. Yeah. That, that feels accurate and descriptive. Yeah. Um, and I want to talk about St. Andre's St. Andre for sure, but I want to talk about kind of where all of that stuff came from. Like in in high school when you started creating these, you know, videos and songs, and like where where did that desire come from? Oh yeah, the origin story. So yeah, you said uh, people weren't really doing it yeah. then. They were, but no one in our circles knew. So I got to kind of hijack it. That's I didn't cool. mean to, but. It was literally was a copy and paste for me. I, I loved Bo Burnham in high school. He was new on YouTube. Sure. He was, I think he's a year younger than me, maybe. Um, but he was just in his room playing keyboard parody songs. Yeah. Genius. Mm-hmm. Um, it was using YouTube in a way I hadn't seen. And The Lonely Island, before SNL, yeah. you know, they were doing stuff and I just adored them. Um, they joined SNL, which blew my mind because I grew up watching the best of Dan Aykroyd tapes sure. and all that stuff. Um, and I was like, oh, these guys on YouTube went to SNL. Like, that's a thing. Uh, their first SNL digital short was Lazy Sunday. That was their first? First one. Oh, my God. The Chronic What? Cool Zanarnia. Remember that one? Yeah. So I've never been more inspired by anything, which is kind of pathetic, you know? Um, yeah, inspiration is so pathetic. Uh, <laughs> if it's that, and my whole career is kind of based on that, maybe a little bit. Fair. They came out with that. We made... Um, a rap video for our school and the chapel service two weeks later. It was that soon? Absolutely. Whoa. So we immediately started, like, I want to do that. 
Um, and I know this is kind of sounds like I'm romanticizing it, but I swear this happened. I stood in the back of the room as we played that video and watched a couple hundred people laugh at it. And I was like, I, I want to do that forever. Yeah. Like that. It was just a switch. Um, the feeling of, yeah. of that. Yeah. And then, you know, I went to film school with the goal to make stupid videos. Interesting. Where a lot of people, you know, had features written and wanted to be Tarantino. Everyone had some knockoff Pulp Fiction. Sure. You start at the end and tell five stories. Like everyone had that feature. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I have these dumb, I got a couple of like music video ideas, stupid stuff. So that was always kind of the goal. And then, yeah, throughout my career, worked in production where I could, did wedding photography, all this stuff, but always trying to make funny content. Right. So I, I love it's I think it's the, the progression of going from from making those videos in high school, going to straight up film school is so fascinating because like you said, I, I also went to went to film school. Um, and, and in doing that, you meet exactly the kind of people that you described where it's like their only favorite movies are Tarantino movies. And like they have this very specific mindset of going of what they want to be doing. Yeah. And so imagining you in that setting being like, yeah, I want to be like Lonely Island. Like, I want to be like those guys. I want to create like funny things and uh, and like make people laugh. Is I feel like uh, less like people don't really talk about that in film where it's like I want to make comedies, right? And and I think I've seen a couple articles recently about various comedic actors talking about stuff like that where it's like comedies don't really get made like they did in that era of like 2007 with Apatow and all of Will Ferrell's things and, and all that. And so I'm curious, kind of what your what your take on the current state of like comedy is maybe in movies and TV shows and in, in TikTok because and, and, and just the internet in general, because it is kind of everywhere now. Yeah. Yeah. It's morphed a ton. You know, the old idea of being a stand up and having a HBO exec in the back of the room and you crush and they give you a special and now you're making movies and that's, you know, to a degree, that's kind of what it was back in the day. There's, there's always been the, you know, groundlings and second cities and things where that mm -hmm. are just talent hotbed and UCB, people pull actors from there. That, yeah. Um, but there was that just traditional TV movies, stand up, that's comedy. Um, now it's just wide open. I feel like with, you know, I mean, Vine was a big launching point for me. That was the first time it just gave you a platform in your room. You could just make a joke. It could go viral. Not weird. Did I think that sound weird? No, not at all. It's, I think <laughs> yeah. I, I'm imagining you in your bedroom making those videos yeah, that yeah. went viral, and it's very funny. It was just a, the lowest barrier of entry. Like sure. YouTube, it takes some editing. It's just a, a little harder to wrap your mind around. It's so much harder to come up with a five-minute video concept than, than a six-second video. Yeah, six-second like, setup punchline. Sure. So it really opened the door. It let people... It probably maybe opened it a little too much. <laughs> you know, Gave people a <laughs> sure. false sense of uh, comedic ability. I don't know. Um, do you remember what the first vine you made that like had any sort of success? I'm curious. Um, that made I, you realize that like one. people are like l watching me. There were a few that did well. Then I was kind of on a heater for a little bit. Sure. Kind of figured it out. And then it momentum. Yeah. It just, the trajectory was pretty consistent. So I don't, there's definitely one or two that kind of popped off and that was that first dopamine hit of, whoa, do I find the right combination here like it, it could be big i'm guessing just off the top of my head i'm guessing it was like guy fieri related okay so that yeah that one i think was a little later on but that is the one that sticks out in my head sure uh, is that the 69 one as yeah. well yeah so the, the, the perfect storm also let me just <laughs> listen i know we're talking in 2023 
Okay, in 2015, those things were a little funny. 69 is still funny. So, like, Guy Fieri jokes, not really that funny. They can be, but not kind of hack. 69 jokes, kind of hack. But together, Double Rainbow, pretty good. It is the the perfect comedic So, yeah, the deal there, if you haven't seen it, you probably haven't seen it. Why would you have seen it? <laughs> I go into Walmart. This this is the like what actually happened in my real life without a phone or Vine. The behind the scenes. Yeah, I'm just walking around, but also I have content brain. I still do. Yep. So if I see something ridiculous, like, how can I make this a joke? Sure. Um, Yeah, they are selling Guy Fieri. Say it right. I'm, you so, dumb I'm so sorry, okay. sir. Guy Fieri's frying pan set. <laughs> And they have a big display. And uh, that's funny because, you know, they have him crossing his arms and he has flames behind him. And Looking it's just, cool. It's very Guy Fieri. Sure. And then, you know, the giant Walmart price signs. Like, they want you to see the price from across the store. Oh, yeah. Just sixty nine, sixty nine, Right above <laughs> the Guy The double. Fieri. Yeah. And so, it kind of made the joke that, the joke being that that was just insane, that both those things lined up like that. So I stood there for probably 45 minutes making every kind of video I could. You know, like zooming in, should I put a stupid song on it? I like, There's people walked by and I was like talking about it to it. It was stupid. So many possibilities with that. Yeah, and the one I landed on was just kind of looking at it, you know, second glance, uh, smiling at Guy Fieri and then looking up, seeing 69. And then I started to cry as the bridge and fix you comes in. You know, the riff, the little two note riff <laughs> that so rocks good. so hard. yeah. And it was just pretty emotional. And uh, yeah, fine. Ate it up. I'm so... Because the internet's <laughs> stupid and so am I. But it worked. It worked. It worked well. And I, and like, it's so funny. Sometimes I'll pop on like a, a Vine comp or something on YouTube just, you know, to feel like 2015. Yeah. And then I'll see your face. And I'm like, oh, hey, yeah. It's nice. And then I remember I was like, oh, yeah. Aaron blew up on Vine. It's so awesome. It's a wild, wild time. Had and a blast. It's, it's, it's fascinating to obviously the six second format is incredibly specific and maybe the most specific like format in content history potentially. But then did you see yourself wanting to go more towards like scripted stuff and like actually writing like a, uh, like a scene from there? Or were you always kind of interested in that too? In the yeah, writing side of it? I think it's hard not to be addicted to the dopamine hit. Sure. The release days. And working on a movie for a couple years, further release, it's just, I don't know. That's always been tough for me. Sure. Like I have had those ideas. I've written a few scripts, never completed a feature, but gotten close and mm -hmm. written a bunch of shorts. But then there's always been that like, I could put something out tomorrow if I want to. And it, I've just always kind of leaned that direction. I don't know. So it's still there. And I think as my, as I get older and more patient, mm -hmm that desire to make something longer is more pronounced. Sure. But I still love the short form stuff. Totally. I think short form is, is awesome. And it's, it is so much easy, more easily consumable. Yeah, for sure. And, and me and you both love a theater experience. We're big movie people, but there is so much variety like on YouTube, on TikTok, wherever. Um, and so it's, it's, it's fascinating to, to see kind of the progression of, you know, starting from that short form to something like St. Andre, which yeah. is still short form technically, but way more involved than a six second clip. Yeah, it's kind of the middle of the road. It right. checks both boxes. And so me, yeah. I'm really curious how how you kind of landed on or, or led to something like St. Andre, because it is, again, very specific. Yeah. And it is filling a, a pretty big void in like the comedic world of sports and specifically golf. Yeah, there's some people doing it where 
I think we're doing a little differently, but yeah, there's been some great groups out there making some funny stuff. We don't, we don't talk about oh, that. Oh yeah, we don't talk about Sorry. Yeah. We're the only ones doing it. The best. And which only. is what's great. Yes. The, yeah. The only option. Mm-hmm. So why not watch it? Exactly. Uh, yeah. Getting there, you know, kind of going back to the doing Vine, coming from traditional film background, always wanted to make funny content. I was making funny content for brands for a living. So sure. starting at probably 25, 26, that was my bread and butter after it took a few years of doing the photography stuff and working where I could. Um, so I was always making comedic content for other brands, had a couple creative director jobs at agencies, always with the comedic, you know, angle. Sure. Um, I remember seeing a natural gas, uh, flyer with your face on it. Yeah. So that was just an acting kick. Hell yeah. There was a billboard in Athens get that, that, pay- that said, get that paycheck. got gas and it's just my face. <laughs> It was also a one-year contract, and I think it's still up like five years later. Let's go. But it's fine. I'm not going to say anything. Residuals. Yeah, that was just random acting stuff, which I've done like stand-up and sure. random acting stuff here and there, but it's never been my main thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, so comedic content for brands. Love doing that, but it it feels like a breakup a little bit when you work on something for a few months. Sure. You hand it off. They distribute it. They, you know, if it if it goes well, that's for their company, which is great, but then I'm on to the next thing and it's just... It's out of your hands. It always kind of hurt a little bit. Sure. So I'd always kind of thought I'd figure out the idea to go all in on. I knew mm-hmm. I didn't want to start an agency and kind of run the day-to-day there. Sure. Um, yeah, just wanting something to check all those boxes. Yeah. Where it's film, it's comedy. I could be in some stuff here and there because I do like performing totally. to a degree, yeah. but I also love the business side of it and growing a brand. Over the years, I would go hard on one or two sketches a year mm-hmm. or like a Braves music video. You've seen yeah. these things over the years. Those are great. They're fun. Um, I think that would kind of, I had to make something like that every once in a while. Just to get it out of your system. A little bit. Yeah. Totally. Where, but there was no plan. I wasn't growing anything. I mm-hmm. never treated my socials like a job. Sure. It never felt right to me. It's just like if I was inspired, had a joke, I'd put it out there, but then I wouldn't post for a month. That's not how you grow anything. Right. Um, so yeah, I had a couple golf ideas went to write them out, which would have been a page because they're quick jokes. Sure. Ended up writing like 10 to 12 pages. So that was the kind of light bulb moment of, oh, this could be a whole thing. There's stuff here. Yeah. Yeah. And I love golfing. I mean, it's, it's my favorite hobby. You did. You were on the golf team in high school. I do remember that. Oh, it was for a couple of years. Yeah. 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 I've always loved it. Uh, never loved the culture so much. Sure. Like, big baseball fan. Loved the Braves since I was born. Uh, big Shout out to fan. Colin McHugh. Uh guest of s'more stories third homecoming king <laughs> that is Come true on. god we need three kings podcast ran the table yeah <laughs> i was the meat and the McHugh sandwich there <laughs> um yeah but like pro golf i you know i love tiger growing up and whatnot of course. But even even to this day now that golf is my full-time job i don't watch pros much i, I keep up with it because i need to sure. and i might tag in sunday afternoon if, if it's getting spicy but i just it's just not my favorite thing to watch there's other sports that are more fun to watch yeah so i think we were like you know we wanted to start something that was sketch comedy driven mm-hmm. for the kind of saturday hobbyist golfer plays once a week maybe sure. is not great um we didn't want to do you know like rival barstool or no laying up big golf podcast talk about news and break stuff down that's never been our thing yeah um, but yeah, we just saw a lane open to do that and kind of pair the high production value that, you know, me and the, the cast mm-hmm. that we have and Seth who does our production and our partners, like we've all kind of worked in production and know that. So there's a lot of funny people in golf, but right. they were pairing it with like film techniques. Like experience. A little bit. Which yeah. is great because you went to film school and like you have had given yourself the experience by 
doing like wedding shoots and like like so you're familiar with all the techniques yeah generally. it felt like the the film side was there especially for short form internet yeah. joke content like mm-hmm. you know i don't it's not kubrick where it's like every camera move is motivated by an emotion it's i know i know i'm not breaking the line over the shoulders right. like it's pretty simple but yes. for most golf graders that's pretty advanced you know yeah. usually people with their phone it's, it's great a, it's a it's low bar for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. But for somebody who knows the things, it's you're like, oh, I, I know how, how I can elevate this. For sure, yeah. So it was the film background, uh, comedy, which I've loved forever, mm-hmm. and I think put in my time there when it comes to stand-up and working sure. on projects. Um, and then golf, which is my favorite thing to do. It was just those three things I love doing, have the experience, put them together. And that was kind of why I was like, we got to go all in here. This is the idea you know, quit my job at an agency, developed it for a year and a half, kind of went all in, picked up some debt being like, all right, I'm going to slow down work and just bet that this is going to work. So I love that. That's, that's so cool just to hear like you, you had this idea, you bet on yourself to do it and had the confidence to know that you could like follow through with an idea because ideas are, you know, they're one thing you can have a, a great idea for something, but then not really have the, the confidence or the, ability frankly to to make it happen and so seeing you turn it into what it has become which is like a pretty big online brand your your guys website is awesome i was just looking at it today you have tons of incredible merch that i need to get some your hat is great that you're wearing right now i'll send you one i would easy that would be a great bribe for the podcast and i would be happily (laughs) accepting of that (laughs) perfect Uh, i'm really curious about kind of what the process looks like for a St. Andre's sketch because you guys put out stuff very consistently, yeah. which like you said, you're treating it like a job now and taking it seriously, which I think is really cool, but also clearly having a great time with it in the videos. And so I'm really curious kind of like what's a starting point for a, a St. Andre sketch? Um, it looks a little different now because we're about to hit one year since we launched. So August yeah. 24th, 2022 is our first post. Me and the core team had been working on it for almost a full year before that. Um, so, you know, we had seven months of developing it and figuring out the brand, what that looks like uh, before we shot anything. Wow. Like we had three shoots before we launched. So we had 25 videos ready sure. to go. Um, but so you gave I, yourself the time to like plan it. Yeah. yeah. And I had a ton of time to write, sure. you know, so I had probably 50 sketches ready to go because yeah. I mean, it's. I had my parameters. I like writing with a little bit of parameters, sure. you know, or a prompt yeah. like you do here. It's, it's tough just to be like, write something. Anything. Blank page is terrifying. Yes. Um, so yeah, then I had a bunch of time and it was just me. Um, and now that we have a bunch going on, I have to figure out the business development side. And, mm-hmm. you know, we've, there's three full-time and a few contractors. It's harder to carve out that time sure. and write stuff and, you know, creativity, it's hard to force stuff. Yeah, of course. So yes. like, sometimes it, it just flows and other times it's a grind. We got to make that time to like write some dumb ideas yeah. and some, you'll figure out something eventually. So we just did our first writer's room a few weeks ago. Nice. So that was great. Um, That's exciting. Yeah, it was cool because we're kind of figuring out our production model and how we're going to do that. How to repeat it, how to keep it going. Yeah, because we were doing it just short shoots every other week, but mm-hmm. now... Uh, one of our cast members, Jonathan, just moved to LA for a while. So oh, we're trying wow. to do like three day shoots and get a ton of content. So then we can focus on these other things in the meantime and sure. have a bunch of sketches. 
This is a super long answer for your question. I love uh, it. This is, this is a, a fantastic <laughs> so answer. So yeah, it's, it, it is kind of morphing how we come up with sketch ideas. Um, also tagging in other creatives. Sure. Which is awesome. Yeah, yeah. Tom McGovern. Oh my God. From the Wolves of Glendale, who we have mutual love and admiration for. Grab your shirt, take it off. Put on a polo from St. Andre Golf. Tom's been awesome. Okay, so, so tomorrow. So we can't announce it? That's fine. Tom, you okay. can say it. Yeah, okay, cool. No one's going to make a do it John Daly music video <laughs> in a day. That's fair. Come out with it. So yes, tomorrow, when you're listening to this as the audience, tomorrow there will be an incredible St. Andre video with song provided by Tom McGovern from the Wolves of Glendale. That's it. Yeah. You know, trying to lean on other folks that I, I trust and want to kind of Ideally, I want this thing to be like an SNL of golf, you sure. know, where we, yeah. I might be in a couple things. I might not be in things. We have, you know, musical pieces where there's other talented people mixing in. So yeah, like Tom uh, has made six songs for us. We've come out with a couple of them. we got a couple more coming. I've only heard two. And so knowing that there are four more yeah. makes me so excited. And anybody who's listening, please go listen to the the conversation, the, the inaugural fireside chat that I had with Ethan Edinburgh, who is guitarist and vocalist and writer of, of Wolves of Glendale as well. Those guys are just so talented. So, They're so musically talented and then so funny. I'm glad that we can both geek out about them together. Yeah. Because since me and Brittany found found them like earlier in the year, you were the first person I thought of. I was like, if Aaron doesn't already know these guys, and of course I texted you and you're like, oh my God, I love them. Yeah, yeah. And since then I've just we've been such big fans. And every song they put out is of course very funny, but the most catchy shit I've ever heard. It's so good. I it blows my mind. Yeah. And so the fact that you are able to to work with them and and get content from them for St. Andre as well is so exciting. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> Tom and I connected on TikTok a couple years ago because we were both doing he was doing a good band name, bad band name. Gosh, and I was doing such a great series. Music noises and songs. So it's yeah. it's kind of jokes about song. There was some overlap there. So sure. we just kind of became internet friends and then we've worked together six or seven times since. This is so awesome. Yeah, I, I feel like we're kind of on the same page with some of the comedic stuff, and it's been great. Where for the St. Andre videos, Tom doesn't golf; he doesn't know anything oh, about golf. Yeah. But I'll give him a few details and like, here's the concept. Here's where I think the couple jokes could go, and then he will just flip a song, and it's fifty times better than I could have imagined. It's amazing. <laughs> it just blows. The it's so fun because he'll water. send me that, and I freak out, and then. I won't tell him what we're going to do and I'll just send him a video and he'll be like, this is awesome. <laughs> and having it's seen so the fun. video, cause you showed me before we started recording, it's amazing. It's fun. We're a blonde mullet, poured a lot of diet Coke on myself, smoked a whole pack of cigarettes at one time. You're I, I'm sorry for your lungs. I had to commit to the bit. Uh, yeah. If anybody doesn't know John Daly, look him up, <laughs> look him up and read some, there's a quote in there. Uh, well, I don't drink water. I hate water. That's from John Daly directly. We just exact yeah. quote. <laughs> yeah. So yes, bringing in other creatives. That's part of how we do sketches now. Right. Um, we're trying to get bigger and better, you know, like we want to keep the first things first and keep it short form sketch comedy, but also build around it do sure. some fun, bigger things. And then, um, yeah, once we get on set and shoot and by on set, I mean, we rent a golf course for the course. Hours. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's a couple of local courses that have been awesome to us. And then we've been doing some destination show stuff for like a three day shoot, which mm -hmm. has been great. Our is whole the, team will hang out. Is the tiger shoot out yet? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's all out there. Hell yeah. Yeah. We shout tiger last December. Tiger Woods. Ti tiger Woods. Yeah. Not the other tiger, not tiger. Uh, King. Yeah. 
Yeah. What if, what if though? I would love to shoot with him. <laughs> I will break him out of jail. Dream guest. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then we'll be on the course and our crew is a crew of one. Seth Clark. He's wow. a genius. We worked together for years before St. Andre. Just best dude I know. Um, everything sh- looks so good. He shoots everything. It's one camera. He runs audio. That's um, insane. Yeah, I've told him. Now I have to figure out being a, a business leader now. Sure. And so I'll just casually drop him like, just so you know, if you quit, this is this ends and I kill myself. We're done. <laughs> yeah, don't, no pressure. Yeah, it's all on you. He edits everything. And I, I don't think we've gone past a version two or three. Wow. Like it's, we've worked together for a long time. So I think comedically, there's a lot of chemistry there. Sure. And he's so funny. He's written a couple of them too. Awesome. Cart Nuts. Yeah. It's called Cart Nuts, <laughs> where it's like truck nuts, that little ball sack that hangs behind your truck, but it's for a cart. He made those. He's just sent over a script and a mold of little testicles that he made in his oven. He's the MVP. He the really behind is. Behind the scenes MVP. Absolutely. Does everything. Yeah. That, but, that is fascinating. I love that you guys have that familiarity because it, then it just makes the process that much easier, that much faster. Um, I'm curious because obviously the rest of the cast, so funny, so great. How did you get connected with them? Yeah, so the the main or at least the two members, the two main yeah Jonathan Pulowski he's the dude with the mustache mm-hmm. so funny uh, Hannah Asleason is probably the funniest person I know God yes she is <laughs> amazing um, I met Jonathan doing a show he's doing improv he's doing stand up I mean probably eight or nine years ago now whoa and just have always kind of stayed connected um, just such a funny character actor like loves doing out there characters and he commits he commits. <laughs> Gosh, he, he does incredible. A, have you seen Fart Cam? No. <laughs> oh man, I gotta show you these. His Please. TikTok, he's had a few just blow up, but um he <laughs> he do this thing where you know there was like scare cam, fart, it's just old dumb trends. <laughs> sure. But he he was living uh with a girl at the time and <laughs> he would film himself and she'd be in the background and for like a small, pretty healthy dude. Like every time he's always drinking kombucha and I mean, just some horrific noises come out of this boy. So actual farts. Yes. And it always like scares her and she'll get so mad and he will keep filming for maybe a minute and he starts breathing. He's just (sighs) staring at the camera and he always slowly zooms. She's yelling at him and he goes, got her every video. (laughs) He did it in a tent one time. Where she's like, we're in a fucking tent. It's that's cl-. so dangerous. It's, gosh, it's funny. Um, but okay. that, that's him. He like, he just doesn't care. Oh, ne- uh, in two weeks, his band, Pimp Trisket, it's a Limp Biscuit cover <laughs> band, <laughs> are playing, um, if I think 529 and Little Five. If you're in Atlanta, no anybody, way. you got to come. I haven't seen it yet. They play one show a year because he blows his voice out. Oh, yeah. I mean, how could you ever sing again after? What was it? It's Pimp Trisket. Pimp Trisket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's Jonathan. He's amazing. Uh, I I think I need to go to that show. You gotta go. I gotta I'm go. I'm going. I'm so excited to see it. I, mean, I had to miss the last couple of shows. Um, and then yeah, Hannah. Uh, I think I saw her content first. Didn't know she was in Atlanta. And wow. um, yeah, I was asking around about I think some some talent for a shoot, and someone's like, "Have you seen Hannah stuff?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, she's great." Had her out. This was probably four or five years ago. Whoa. And. Yeah, she's the best. So funny. Her improv is unreal. Mom and Dad improv. It's her and her friend Anna. Cool. They do a show, a few shows a month in Atlanta, and they're just unbelievable. Because I'm, you, there's good improv, and there's a lot of bad improv. Bad improv is 
probably my least favorite thing to experience. I've experienced a lot of bad shit. Sure. I mean, oof, it's tough. Um, they're so good. Sure. It's unbelievable. Uh, yeah. So having those skills, I'm a writer a lot more. I was about to say, what's your, yeah, what's your take on improv? Like for you personally, um, as far as me doing it. Yeah. I like to, I like to know where it's going. You prefer to have it kind of set. Yeah. And add like a phrase or two where Jonathan Hanna can just keep going. There's been so many takes where like we get it and they'll just go for a minute and we won't cut because they're just unbelievable. We need a super cut at some point. Yeah. We have some bloopers that are going to come out soon and, um, yeah, but they're so good, and I think it it works well because I'm. Well, a lot of times we show up to these shoots and they don't know we're shooting. Oh my god! Yeah, we we just all trust each other. It's nice, but it's like we've done a four hour shoot and got nine sketches done, and it's we just go one by one, and you know I'll say like here's kind of the relatable golf joke, here's where I think it should go, and then we'll rehearse it a couple times sure. and figure it out, and it's so fun. the blocking. That's the that. most fun part. I feel like yeah, um, yeah, but they're amazing. Is it hard not to laugh? Or are you Sometimes. are you a, a true pro and you're like always in? So I'm I I am in like dad mode a lot on those sets. Sure, because you're like I know that this is on me ultimately. <laughs> it's on me, but also trying to maximize the time. Of course, yeah. Where you know we're renting the course, paying money usually. Um, you know before what when we were paying per shoot before like we had full time and had more money coming in. There was a lot of pressure there. Sure, where, like we started with a little bit of money. And then we had to be like, all right, we have like four or five shoots. We got to stretch it. We got to maximize it. Um, So I'm pretty, maybe too serious. I feel like that's healthy. Like somebody's got to be, somebody's got to be the hard ass. There was um, one time where we all, everybody just couldn't really handle it. Uh, (laughs) We did one about neon balls a few weeks ago. I don't know if you saw that. I haven't seen that one. And our friend Marcus Galashaw's, again, so funny. I, Hannah's um, improv shows are kind of like, unofficial casting calls for St. Andre. I always see someone. I'm like, we gotta, we get gotta get them on. on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Cody, the dude who's in the John Daly video was, that was one where I was gotcha. like, everything he said killed me at that improv show. Um, but Marcus was playing Morpheus and neon balls and golf suck. And it's just people use them. They want attention. They're just so bright. Sure. And so he did like the red pill, blue pill, but it was white ball and neon ball. And so he's like, you take the white ball, you go back to your normal life. No one knows. You take the neon ball. Um, Everyone will, yeah, I can't remember the lines, but like everyone know and you'll need attention. And he's like, that's why I wear the glasses because this shit's ridiculous. And he goes, God damn. And looking at it and every time we laugh so hard, Seth has a very jiggly laugh. Oh God. So he's holding the camera and it's shaking <laughs> like, like five times in a row. It just starts trembling like it's saving private Ryan and we're just standing in a golf clubhouse. But yeah, it's usually it's, it's pretty buttoned up. I think that's good though. Like, cause, cause like we said earlier, like, you are allowing yourself to have fun, but you are taking it seriously. And so like it, it helps to, to kind of have that mindset going in. And it actually, that reminds me of when I was talking with Ethan from the wolves of Glendale, like how their mindset of how they look at wolves of Glendale, like they take it seriously yeah, and they want to be successful and have fun, but like they're not going to fuck around. Yeah. You know, that's what's interesting. Which is cool. Yeah, because you have to take it seriously. You have to grow your business, but your business is silly. Yes, so silly. That's so. Like I think about like the Wiggles. So they successful. Have to, they, they have to have the most academic, logistic based conversations, and it's about that shit they do. <laughs> you know, it's so like funny and silly. Bi- like, what's a business meeting for the Wiggles look like? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's like, uh, do you want to like shimmy to the left or shimmy to the right? And they just start fighting about it. Fist fighting. Yeah. God, yes. That's a, that's a great point. Like there, there are not a lot of acts or like groups that do that, like silly and 
make it a success. I think I think that should be a story. Just think about like a, that thing you do, Danny McBride led, oh, yeah. but it's like the Wiggles. They perform for kids, but they party and they fight. It's like Motley Crue, but they're the Teletubbies. With yeah, having just watched the new season of Righteous Gemstones, like watching Danny McBride argue about anything is the funniest thing I can imagine. Yeah. So I don't know. That's really funny. That's a funny setup. That is. Yeah. Do I might be stepping on my own schedule's toes. Oh. But do we want to make that our I was gonna ask you to give me a spontaneous topic. That's pretty good. It's a pretty good one. Like tele teletubby bender. <laughs> I don't know. So I, we should say, in case the listeners are not aware, Aaron has provided some of the best topics. Yeah, which ones have you in done? In the spreadsheet. Uh, the second ever episode featuring our mutual friend Hudson Phillips, hmm. uh, he chose Glory Hole at the Old Folks Home. Nice. and Which is kind of a play on Steel Panther. What? Steel Panther? It's the 80s metal band that's current, but they parody... Have you heard them? No. I think it's uh, Gang Bang at the Old Folks Home. Oh, I did. So they're, they're, it's me. the most explicit stuff I've ever heard, but they rip. I've seen them live a couple of times. Whoa. Yeah, I'll play their stuff. Please. Yeah, I had zero idea. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, but you, uh, <laughs> outside of Glory Hole at the Old Folks Home, there's a couple other great ones in there that have almost been chosen. Um, but I'm glad that you have submitted these because the story that Hudson wrote for that is like one of my absolute favorite stories <laughs> of anybody. Can you give me the quick synopsis? I, it's, your listeners have already heard this. He uh, is at an old folks home, of course, and there is a portal in the bathroom that when somebody walks through it, they turn younger. And so it just creates like absolute chaos in this old folks home. And so there's like sci-fi elements, but the way that he wrote it uh, from the perspective of this character uh, that is very like heartfelt <laughs> and, wow. and like very emotional but has all this like bonkers, like Rick and Morty shit in it. Yeah, that rules. And I'm like, it, Hudson is a great writer. If anybody yeah. just just go look, look up Hudson Phillips. He, I love all the stuff that he does. Um, and I liked the story that I wrote too, but it was very grounded, very like not fun, I would say. Um, and so the fact that we were, we were forced to tell a story about a glory hole at the old folks home, thanks to you, <laughs> is very exciting. Yeah. So you have you have experience in in Whoa. providing a topic. Oh, what? I thought you meant experience in glory holes, the old folks home. I mean, I like, no, I you don't. Like, okay, I feel it's like just I confirmed. To, I feel like I have to play a little bit of Steel Panther for everyone. Yeah, I think it's because everyone it. they're gonna have to go look it up unless I play it right now. Yeah, um, the glory hole is one community <laughs> property. Ooh, that's probably gross. This is eyes eye of the panther. It's okay. their biggest one, but it is amazing. These rips already. <laughs> I'm fast forward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, gang bang at the old folks' home. Sorry, I, I didn't know. You didn't know it. Stole that. No, I. This is this is the great thing about these topics is they Pretty come from one. anywhere. All I want to do is fuck in parentheses myself tonight. <laughs> Put my money where your mouth. Is. It's 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 just poontang boomerang. It's genuinely. A lot. We could throw every one of those songs onto the topics list. Yeah, poontang boomerang. I want to submit that. <laughs> is that the one? The official. That, that's pretty good. All right. I'll, Which I'll, go, uh, my my nickname in college. Chuntang boomerang. Chuntang. That is that is true. I yeah. forgot. It's more sarcastic. Yeah, nobody calls like, you that anymore. N- 
No. I won't. Okay. Let's move on. Sorry, that was Steel Panther. <laughs> no, I'm glad. This is good. And I think that's honestly a good kind of reflection on the creative process is like you're just taking ideas from other people all the time anyway and making them your own because the stories that me and Hudson wrote have nothing to do with that vibe of yeah. 80s rock. That And just like there's a lot of funny golf creators. Exactly. And we just put our own spin on it. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so we got Teletubby Bender and uh, what was... <laughs> the Steel Panther one. Poontang Boomerang. Poontang, I'm putting it in there. Okay, good. It's it's uh, gonna have your name next to it because <laughs> we want to give we want to give shout outs to the people that you know give us good topics to write. Yeah, about. give shout outs to the people that just go to this is Steel Panther on Spotify and list <laughs> song titles. Hey, I respect it. Cool. Uh, also, our mutual friend John Andrews just shotguns a blast of topics every time I put out. A, yeah, every time every time you do a little casting call for that, I'm I hope John hasn't seen it. Uh, he does every time. Yeah, okay. he seeks me out. I think so. Yeah, if anybody doesn't follow me already, just shoot me a follow so I can get more topics from you. And when I reach out to ask, don't think about it. Just let give it me, rip. Give me yeah, let it rip. Give let me the rip. first thing that, that off the top of your head because then we have to write something about it eventually. Yeah. Um, I, I one of the questions that I do always want to try to ask uh, everybody that comes on the podcast because everybody has such a different answer for this. Um, and I'm curious about yours especially. What do you think? in like either the broadest terms or the most like minute terms. Like what do you think makes a good story? Like what connects you to a story personally? Ooh, that's a great question that I will have a bad answer for. Um, I'm trying to think. There is, there is truly, there is no bad answer. Because yeah. Because everybody has different things that they like about different kinds of stories. And so whatever you say, I'm going to be happy with. Unless you say something stupid. I'm trying to think. We watch... So we've been on a Nick Cage, hell yeah, bender a little bit. Cool. We did face off. Courtney hadn't seen it. Amazing. Um, Introducing yeah. significant others to crazy movies so far. Oh, we have a list. It's my favorite thing to do. Yes. Showed her Raising Arizona last night, which is my probably my favorite comedy. Wow. Yeah. Um, and she showed me Moonstruck, which I hadn't seen. I've never seen Moonstruck, Moonstruck it's either. So good. Shares unbelievable. That's good I don't know. know how she only acted in a couple things, but um, I'm trying to think of what ties those together. I mean, there's there's obviously the you know, I love horror movies like you do. Of course. I love comedies, obviously. Um, there's been so much written about what ties those two together, kind of unexpected sure. moments. There's kind of the breaking of tension. It's that like, you know, an awkward moment in comedy and someone says the right thing, it breaks that tension, everyone's mm -hmm. laugh, laughs. Or there's like someone in a horror movie walking down dark steps and you're just, it's so intense. And then yeah. something scary happens, you can kind of release. Um I love releasing. I love releasing. But I, I do think you are making a good point. And we're getting into like film theory, which I love. Yeah. Is like how the experience of what an audience is watching affects them like in a visceral sense. Because in a comedy, you kind of, if, if you're watching a good comedy, you can't help but laugh. Like it yeah. just kind of comes out of you. Same with a horror movie. If like a great jump scare happens, like your body's going to do something unless you're like us and are dead inside. But we're not everybody. I laugh. I'm like, oh, that was good. Hell yeah. Yeah, like, nice. Yeah. I, I, I try to say stuff like that, knowing that we're the weird ones. Other people would jump at a normal jump scare. Yeah. So maybe not what makes a good story. Sure. What do I appreciate in stories? Yeah, totally. Um, subverting expectations. There's definitely movies that I'll turn on. I'm like, I think I, I don't... It feels like a labor, like I know where this is going, type mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. Um, then there's, you know, movies like Barbarian that <sighs> took several turns, and I was like, I love every turn that that really messed with what I thought was going to happen and didn't happen. Oh yeah. Um, 
I love that you mentioned Barbarian. Know. I Barbarian, uh, when I saw it in theaters, I loved it so much that I resurrected a dead podcast of the Cellar Dwellers yeah. to like just do a solo <laughs> episode where I could blab about it because I loved it so much. It was such a surprising experience. And then at the end, seeing that it was directed by Zach Kreger from The Whitest Kids You Know mm-hmm. just completely blew my mind. And I was like, I have to talk about this. I have to. Yeah, I have to. Yeah. And, and Cellar Dwellers was, of course, a, a horror podcast that I had for uh, a couple years during the pandemic, which I loved doing. And uh, was very excited to just talk about horror movies again. You were also a guest on that podcast I as was. well. Yeah, because I can watch we, anything. And we rewatched uh, Martyrs. Yeah, for that one we did, which is just a classic. Yeah, and then you just told me about some other ones that were so messed up, and I just went home and watched them just for fun. And, and I then so didn't honored. talk about it. It was just yeah, you something don't. I did. You don't talk about those for fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not good. Um, I do. I let's talk about horror just for a second because yeah. you are one of the few people that like has experienced can stomach it yeah. the same things that we have seen and and has an appreciation for it because obviously like there's a lot of horror that is dumb and shitty but when you see like a good horror movie it has such a be- a good feeling especially a, a good theater horror experience yeah um so were, were you like me uh, as a kid always scared of stuff and then it kind of left you eventually and like you just got into horror movies or like what was your kind of experience with that I was scared of stuff. I definitely think I was exposed to some movies that I probably shouldn't have been exposed to. Give me one. I mean, The Shining and The Exorcist. I think everyone kind of has their stories about those movies. Too young. Too young. Um, I remember going to a hotel in Gatlinburg with my family. Hell yeah. Pigeon Forge. Yeah. So I was probably seven or so. My sister would have been 11. And the carpet was too much like The Shining. And she started... Crying, and we had to go to a different hotel. So I know, I know, I'd seen it since you know around then. Sure. And I remember liking those, but then in high school and things, we'd you know we'd go see The Ring and The Grudge and Darkness Falls and all these, and they would scare me. Yeah. I don't think they'd keep me up at night though. I just think I just really liked the thrill of it. Um, but it didn't really, it didn't become like a, a real hobby of mine until after college. I don't know what that was. Like, yeah, maybe just kind of the actually being scared of those things left me. I think once you get to college, at least in, in my own experience, it was like, okay, I started to like horror movies. My kind of junior and senior year of high school, I'd like go to Blockbuster and rent them from like the, the horror section that I was always too scared of as a kid. But then in college, I met other people who were into horror movies and they would tell me about like, oh, you haven't seen Martyrs. You haven't seen like all these like more fucked up European generally movies. Yeah. And I think once I found those, it was like, oh, this is like, this makes me feel weird. And like, when then you would meet somebody else who has seen them and you have this weird kind of bond. Right. Which is why we're friends. Yeah. <laughs> Not all the reasons, but a partial, partial part. Um, and so, yeah, I think, I think discovering like French cinema was a big part of that too, because there's just so many good French horror movies out right. there. I remember seeing High Tension in yeah. high school and or maybe college, whenever that came out. Yeah. Kind of. Tested my limits a little bit. It felt gross. It was bad, but I was like, I like that. Yeah, and then and then you like when you go to a, like a film school, you start to understand kind of like the techniques behind stuff. Yeah, and and it gives you kind of an appreciation of those types of movies rather than just like schlock, you know. Appreciation and also the superpower to pull yourself out of it. Totally, yes. which is I think that comes in handy when you watch some stuff that we've had to watch. You know, it's like if something truly horrific happens. I can think about the 30 people behind the camera. Yes. I can think about the actor there being like, wow, that is such an intense reaction or like that performance. Amazing. Yeah. Um, like we can respect the, the craft. Bit, I know I, that sounds so douchey probably. It doesn't. But you know, whatever, whatever industry you're in, um, I, I feel kind of dumb saying like in the film industry, but sure. that's kind of our background. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're a musician and you go to a concert, you're going to be paying attention to the drummer 
and you know what they're doing more than other people. Mm-hmm. So it's it's that. It's like kind of knowing the science behind it. I getting older, I think going to therapy, kind of getting in touch with things, oh, yeah. letting myself just unleash a little more. I can like now I cry at movies. I think it's just part of getting older, and yeah. I don't know, being myself finally. But like After Sun ruined me. There's a lot I, of movies I can't wait to see that ruined me, yeah. <laughs> which is great. So I let myself get a little scared, but I also have that switch I can flip as needed. Sure. It's rare that I need it, I think. But yeah. We're desensitized. It takes a lot to, a bit. to affect us. Yeah. But I, I, this is a, a very therapy-friendly podcast. I love therapy. I, I've been doing it for the last couple of years since since the pandemic. And yeah, you're right. Like it has definitely helped me like come closer to like who I am, I think. And as somebody who just loves going to the movies alone, it lets me kind of like experience the movie better you know yeah. I, I haven't seen after sun i will but a movie like that like if i see it in theaters i'm very happy to let myself be emotional yeah. at this point and obviously i don't know if i could g- give myself that same leverage if like we were seeing a movie together but maybe maybe i, I, would, I could show maybe. that growth but i do i do agree with you like it is such a, a better feeling of letting yourself kind of experience what you're watching yeah on a more like personal level for sure i i watched after sun on a plane and cried so Whoa. kind of the opposite of watching it alone in the <laughs> yeah, theater surrounded by i didn't i mean i wasn't i don't think i've ever like really you know wept sure on, on a plane or like in public mm-hmm. really ever um but well, yeah yeah you gotta you gotta kind of hold it together i also watched smile on a plane not too long ago and a jump scare got me and i go huh and everyone turned around because <laughs> you know it's quiet no yeah. one's and i just huh. smile was also oh. a surprisingly good movie. i like that movie so much yeah I did not expect to like it, and it was pretty good. That's why it was a plane movie for me. I was like, okay, I've been putting this off. And, I'm like, oh, <laughs> and then like midway through, you're like, oh my God, I'm like fully invested. I'm in. <laughs> yeah. So Bacon was awesome. I was yeah. Impressed, yeah. I, yeah, that's, that's nuts. I, there, I feel like there haven't been a ton of great horror movies this year. Um, Have but, you seen Talk to Me yet? Yes. So I think we should transition into the final segment, technically okay. the final segment of this, of this episode, which is, of course, Story Spotlights which is where we kind of recommend some things for you to check out. Obviously, you've enjoyed the conversation. We've unlocked the secret of creativity here on this podcast, in this conversation. Yeah, what is it? Now, now that you heard all that, what was it? Just, it's it's in there. It's back in there. Just rewind a little bit. Short form golf it. stuff. Go to film school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's it the is. secret. Do that. It's the secret of success. But um, And so Talk To Me was going to be one of my okay. story Sorry. spotlights. Yeah. No, no, it's okay. Because I, I genuinely loved that movie. Uh, didn't know that it was Australian or I guess from New Zealand uh, going into it. Mm. And once I was like in the theater watching it, I was like, okay, this is kind of made me feel more excited because Australia has a ton of great just horror movies in general. And so... Um, that was a that was one that really stuck with me. I'm curious about your take on on talk to me as well. I thought it was so tight, yeah, which was just wonderful. Uh, the pace was wild. It never slowed down. It never slowed down, and not in a bad way because obviously oh. you need to do hills and valleys when it comes to horror, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, but the, um, but the plot just kept moving. The forward. plot was great. It was fascinating. Yeah. Kind of where they took it. That it's, hand. It's such a great setup. I'm I'm so glad they're doing a sequel because oh they are yeah they they already they summoned a sequel today 24 hell yeah great. Um, but they had the hand animation do two fingers which was good um, but yeah it's one of those setups that kind of like without ruining sure things, of course yeah um, like The Walking Dead you know kind of things could happen all over the world or like mm-hmm. Jumanji like things like with the hand like yeah someone else finds that at the end and they can it's an anthology they can take it anywhere like yeah. that thing goes on sure. Um, 
so yeah, I saw that and I was like, that's going to be a great sequel because it could be a whole new story. I didn't even consider that. that through line. You're so right. It's like, great. There's endless possibilities of stories you could tell with that. Yeah, the, uh, Talk to Me got me a little teary at, a, at times, which was great. And that's how you know they really did something awesome. We were like invested yeah. outside of the like schlock of like the gore and like the spooky stuff, which is like hard to do in a horror movie. It is. And, you know, so many horror movies start and for good reason with like a, a tragedy or someone mm-hmm. dealing with tragedy. Uh, and they're really vulnerable and whatnot. Um, but the drama there was, I thought, fantastic. The acting was great, too. Acting was so good. Yeah. And I think movies have always kind of struggled or just been out of touch with kids. Yes. And so the whole social media Snapchat aspect of that movie, I thought, was done so well. Yeah. It, it was one real. of the few that they've, that they've of recent movies that have like felt genuine. Yeah. Because you could tell it's usually like written by a a 40 year old and someone to post a video and you just do a close up on like YouTube views scrolling and that's the viral. Yeah, that's you know. it. Yeah. So this was so different. The opening shot was incredible. I thought all of it, I just couldn't have loved it more. I, I totally agree. Um, yeah, I think it's still in theaters. Uh, if, if not go find it, like rent it when it's, when it's out. If you're into horror and especially have an appreciation for like Australian horror, like the loved ones, one of my absolute favorites. Oh, yeah. So good. Yeah, that one. Um, there's just a lot of great ones over there that are like intense, but also really well paced, really well acted and just like great production values. Yeah. Um, so I always have an appreciation for that. Um, obviously if anybody hasn't gone to see Barbie or Oppenheimer, they're worth seeing. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't want to, I don't need to go too deeply into that. I love them both. Tons. Um, the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. The uh, I think it's called Mutant Mayhem. Yep. Uh, incredible. Like, not quite on the same level as, like, a, a Spider-Verse animation, but just a blast. Like, I, I always loved those as a kid. I'm kind of giving a, a shotgun of yeah, movies. Yeah, um, And then the last one is one that I know you'll appreciate. Uh, it's called Sound of Freedom. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's really about... Uh, <laughs> About um, an issue that is really close to our hearts yep. in, you know, child sex trafficking, of course. Um, and QAnon, obviously. <laughs> I don't know where you're going with this. <laughs> no, I'm totally kidding. Okay. I, I, uh, I heard the movie's not that bad. I refuse to see it. Okay. But you're right. I've, I've heard it's not terrible. But just the the context surrounding it is terrible. <laughs> yeah. And, and everybody that likes it is probably and terrible. And some of the reports about some of those people. Exactly. Have you seen all that? Yes. Uh, there's a fascinating Today Explained podcast that Vox did about it. Kind cool. of about the first half is about the success of that movie and Angel Studios and all that. Oh, yeah. And then they interviewed a woman who volunteered their organization mm-hmm. and some of the things she saw. Oh, my God. Like with some of the raids. Sure. Um, and kind of the like maybe starting with a good idea, you know, with the right mindset and mm-hmm. reasoning then there's like crossfit bros that just want to like do military stuff and i don't know no that makes a lot of sense yeah yeah, yeah. that tracks um <laughs> i love jim caviezel i think obviously he's he's gone off the deep end uh, yeah there's a little, little QAnon guy now but we're big passion of the christ fans here that's a great actor he is a good actor he yes. has some frailty not frail no that was the other one uh frequency frequency yeah. that's a ripper right Count there. Monte Cristo. yeah yeah, and which makes it even more miss of a, him a little bit. Makes him even more of a bummer that he is just like kind of gone right wing, like fanatic a little yeah. bit. He's talking about like adrenochrome kidnapping babies and like draining them of like stuff. It's just like, <sighs> come on, dude, brutal. So yeah, d- don't actually go see Sound okay. of Freedom. But I thought th- you were gonna be like, <laughs> I saw it and it was like surprisingly not bad. I thought you were gonna go and I was like, all right, I can get behind that. I <laughs> no, know. I d- there are too many other movies that I would rather see. Yeah, 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 and not give money towards. Although I'm on the Regal Unlimited thing. Come on. <laughs> Uh, but no, the other ones, talk to me for sure. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, go see it. Uh, and then Barbenheimer, yeah. 
I'll, I normally I try to switch it up and try to you know maybe uh, give like a book or a comic or something. But I've seen a lot of good movies in theaters lately, yeah. and so it, I think it's a end of summer is a good theater time for people. That's fun. So I'm curious. I'm curious where where kind of your recommendations will go. Yeah, uh, or single recommendation it doesn't have to be multiple. My girlfriend and I were talking about um, if you had like a Mount Rushmore of actors, but meaning not just the best actors, but you had to only watch their Ooh. filmographies. And, you know, we have our couple big ones. There's De Niro, Harrison Ford, Meryl Streep. There's just kind of kind of obvious sure. potential ones. Right. But then we have those sleepers like Nick Cage. I was like, there could be, we know some bangers in here. And, you know, he's Sheer kind volume. Of a, a parody of himself now. But it keeps going. I was like, I got to show you Mandy. Yeah. Then oh I got to show you like the unbearable way to mass the talent. And there's just so many there. Pig. Pig. Pig, mm-hmm. National Treasure still kind of rules. National Treasure Two, Book of Secrets. Oh, yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, I'm on a Nick Cage kick. Sure. Right now, uh, Raising Arizona. If you haven't seen it, that's just a all timer for me. For sure. Uh, it's one of those movies like I put Ocean's Eleven in that category. Every scene is they make the funniest possible decision kind of or like coolest decision ocean 11 is either cool or funny yes but it's all every scene is like a little vignette and it's perfect to me yeah raising arizona um medium build singer songwriter yes yeah you love medium build i think he's amazing yeah um i told him this recently kind of know him uh if i could buy stock in an artist i'd like go all in there whoa but he seeing him live is unreal Where's so he from? passionate um from Georgia. From He's Atlanta. from Georgia. Yeah. Oh, cool. Went to, wait, where'd you go to school? Unistate. Yeah. Uh, is he a, is he a Panther for life too? No, it, uh, Tennessee Art School. Oh, Middle Tennessee State? Yes, I think so. Let's go. It's oh, a Blue Raider for life. moved to Alaska, Anchorage, and kind of got to start there. Uh, he's just been opening for Louis Capaldi on in arenas. I did not know that. But That's look huge. up Medium Build. Listen yeah. to uh, 99 Corolla. It's, it's, so funky and great. I think that is a good gateway drug for him. Sure. Uh, and a great storyteller, I think. like Some of his songs are fantastic. I love that. I, I think I often forget, and I, there's a lot of good songwriters that we love, but I often forget that they are storytellers. Yeah. And so I love the recommendation of, of a musician for, for people. And I'm excited to go back and listen to some more Medium Build as well. Brittany is a huge fan. I think she learned about him through you as well because you have shown your fandom of him yeah. very obviously. Um, and so she has gotten really into him as well. And so I'm very excited to... Is there a specific album or like EP or something that I should check out if you, um, had, a, if you had a recommendation? There are more songs right now. Sure. I think Full Length is coming. So oh, there's like gotcha. a few EPs. I mean, he's had a couple older Full Lengths, but it's a different sound now. Sure. Um, 99 Corolla, Never Learned to Dance. Uh, was Give Me Back My Soul. That's cool. a great one too. But it's when it comes to the storytelling aspect, he goes so hard performing. It's like he, he leaves it all out there. Mm. So sweaty, screaming. You just feel it. Intense. You fully feel it, yeah. which is rare. Yeah, that is rare where you see a, a musician like leave it all on stage. Yeah. Basically. And it's every, I've seen him a couple of times and even the clips where he's like, he could be in Anchorage at a bar with 10 people or arena with Louis Capaldi. He's you just know, letting so it go. That's his thing. That's cool. I respect that. It's great. Go listen to Medium Build. <laughs> Nick is a wonderful human being by all accounts. Yes. Uh, Good. Empathetic, humble, great artist. Listen to him. Love support it. the good ones, you know? Yes, support the good ones. That's what we want. We want to support the good ones and uh, fight the bad ones. That's our, our Fight Club podcast is coming I have next. a new story prompt. Okay. 
the day I killed Ryan. I'm kidding. <laughs> the day I killed Brian Adams. <laughs> Brian Adams, yeah. <laughs> it was the summer of 69. 69's funny. It is funny. It's funny, okay? 2023, 69 He's is still 69 funny. every day of that summer is the song's about. Dude. Is it we should leave? This should be this should end this podcast. We should <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so yes, obviously we're at the end of the podcast. Anybody listening, please go support San Andre. What what do you have coming up? Do you guys have some videos coming up, obviously? Well, some- tomorrow we got Do It John Daly music video dropping. Hell yeah. Uh if you're in Atlanta, as we are, go Braves. Yep. Our first birthday party is, I guess, this coming Thursday. Yep. Um, just check our socials. You'll see the invite, but it's our first open invite. Want to hang out with people. Got a few of our sponsors going big for it. Long drink. Love long drink. What, can, is, what is long drink? Can gin cocktail. Ooh. I've had it for years. It's great. Tasty. But they're, yeah. A partner of ours. They're awesome. Uh, they're having long drink deals. Mm. It's Finnish. Miles Teller is the owner or oh, one of the big owners. I'm in. I, I lo- it's, love it's Miles. Uh, yeah. So even is if you're not a there? golfer. No. Fuck. He's out there flying around with Tom Chris. Yeah, that is true. That is true. But yeah, if you're not a golfer, it's just a good time. Yeah. Come say what's up. Other than that, yeah, just stay tuned and we'll be cranking out the content, baby. Go follow. What, are you on all the... Everything. I mean, Instagram and TikTok is bread and butter, but we're doing some long form on YouTube now. Hell yeah. It's probably a little more golf heavy. We're doing like golf matches and whatnot, but... Yeah, with like guests and stuff, right? Yeah. That's, uh, that's we'll fun. be doing a podcast here shortly as well. Yes. Yeah, be on the lookout for that. It's just going to be called the St. Andre Podcast. St. Andre Podcast. Original. I love that. Um. Yeah, I'm. I'm very excited. Of course, go to the website, get some merch. There's so much good stuff. Your shirts are great. Who does the design? Do you do the design? No, Jared Erickson, one of our partners. Oh, Jared, that's yeah, right. Yeah, he's he's brilliant. Great designer. All as well as his handle. Cool. And he's just the coolest dude. Yeah, great stuff. I uh, can't wait for my honorary hat. Yeah, eventually. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's oh, Thursday. If you're coming to the event, I'll just give you one. Hell yeah. Okay, cool. We'll be there. Um. Yeah. Any Any final words to unlock the secret of creativity? Ooh, the secret of creativity. Uh, don't let yourself stand in the way. For I like real, that. I like that. Uh, the Beatles almost didn't come out with "Help" because they thought it wasn't anything special, and it came out as one of the biggest singles in the world. Don't let yourself stand in the way. There's so many things, like we talked about, follow through. Sure, a trillion things I talk myself out of. Yeah, and just like the superpower of being able to put it out there and let other people decide. Like, this is my art. It's out there. Do it what you will. I feel great about it. Yeah, that's a superpower. If you can get there. Do it. Get that superpower. You heard it here first. I love that. Genuinely, that's a a great answer. You didn't think I was going to be genuine. I know you well enough. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) You should have kept that thing out of my reach. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. It's true. I I know you well enough to know that you do have some genuineness in you. So it is nice when it pops out. Wow. But yes, you are right. Red Rocket. (laughs) Okay. All right. There. And we're back. Um, But genuinely, thank you for being here. It's a great conversation. Uh, And yeah, don't let... You, the listener, don't let yourself stand in the way. Yeah. Take G- what's, GTFO YOW. Really rolls off the tongue. Jeez, that took a minute. Uh, yeah, don't take, don't, don't, don't be afraid to take up some space in the world. Yeah. That's kind of my, my Hell new yeah. thing. Um, but yeah, this has been great. I'm, I'm ecstatic that you were, you were here. And maybe if you ever get any free time in your entire career, which may, may or may not happen, I would love to hear a story. At some point. All right. We got to come up with a prompt that could also work as a short form golf script and then I'll write it. Okay. <laughs> then you just take it. Th- that's pretty fun. Don't tempt me. The, I'm like, here's what we wrote for St. Andre. I want to see where you took it. The benefit of this podcast, I can do whatever the fuck I want. That's true. So I might hold you to that at some point. Obviously, you're busy now, but 
Like if I had, if I said hit it, uh, do it, John Daly. I would be so curious to see where you. I'll come up with something. I'll just make you ghostwrite for us. That's great. Okay. I'll give you a prompt and then. Listen, (laughs) I know that the Writers Guild is striking. I will scab. Cool. I'll scab. I'll fucking do it. Yeah, rip that scab (laughs) off, baby. Okay. Now we're talking about scabs. Okay. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Stay toasty out there, guys. Go Braves. (laughs) And go Braves. Yes. (laughs) S'more Stories is brought to you by the Indiesaurus Podcast Network, which is home to not just one great podcast, but tons of them. Maybe you're in the mood for a, let's say, a Hamtaro watch-along podcast. How about a show that's doing a detailed deep dive into the famed Left Behind book series? Well, you're in luck with Ham Radio and I Survived the Rapture, just two of the many great shows on the Indiesaurus Podcast Network. And oh yeah, The Cellar Dwellers is on there too. Follow us on Instagram at Pod or Colby McHugh. I'll reach out on there for topics periodically, so be sure to submit your best and weirdest. And if you want to follow along with the episodes, feel free to send any stories you've written to smorestoriespod at gmail.com. Whether you want notes or just someone to put eyes on a story, send it my way. Music and lyrics by Evan McHugh, whose great songs can be found anywhere and everywhere. Go buy them. Logo design by Brittany Wyland, whose work can be found at mess.and.magic on Instagram. Thanks for listening, everyone, and stay toasty.